Good morning, dear brothers and sisters. Happy Lord's Day to each and every one of you. Can you believe we have been one year since we have met together? In one sense, it's very sad we lost this, this whole year, but on the other hand, we look for light at the end of the tunnel that soon we will be able to gather together again. More and more people are getting vaccinated. The COVID-19 rates are going down and we're very thankful for that, and we're thankful that we can still have our online meetings uh, with music, and what a blessing it is. We want to thank the worship team for two beautiful songs today. There's nothing like our Lord, nobody else like you, Lord, and we're so thankful that we have this music, and we're thankful that we can have the messages from the Word of God next Sunday. Our brother Adel will be our speaker, following that our brother Brad, and then uh, I'll be on the last uh, Sunday of the month as well. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to look into your word, to find the meanings of it for our lives, and we pray that you will open our hearts to receive the message today in whatever way you want to speak to us. And whatever, whether it's for encouragement or comfort, challenge, conviction, whatever it is, Lord, please guide us now. Please hide me behind the cross and pray that you will be glorified in all that is said and done. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Athletes know it. Business leaders know it. Politicians know it. And ordinary people know it. And what this is, is th sometimes in life, things get worse before they get better. Dr. Anthony Fauci has said that more than once during this pandemic. Things are going to get worse before they get better. And even in the lives of us as Christians, this can happen. We can pray. We can seek the Lord's will. We can seek His help. But things seem to get worse. And then all of a sudden the Lord comes through. Sometimes at the 11th hour. Right when we need Him the most. And He does great work and great miracles in our lives. Recently Tiger Woods, world-renowned golfer, was involved in a very serious one-car accident down in Southern California. They say today, in the most, or this week, I heard that uh, he was unconscious and a man in the neighborhood actually found him and called it in. It was a very difficult one. And he has very serious injuries to his leg broken bone, shattered ankle. And it reminded me of another athlete who went through some very hard times. And his name is Alex Smith. He used to play for the 49ers. He played and he was released recently from the Washington football team. But on November 18th, 2018, he was involved in a very serious uh, injury playing for the Washington football team. He suffered a broken tibia and fibia in his right leg. Little did he know that things would only get worse. In late 2018, things got much worse. He developed a bacterial infection in his right leg after the initial surgery. 
It was so severe that doctors considered amputating his leg to save his life. He had a total of 17 surgeries on his leg. And after much grueling rehabilitation, he played football again this past season, almost two exact years from the date of that initial injury that he had on the football field. Yes, in life, sometimes things get worse before they get better. And for us as Christians, we thank the Lord that He has a plan for us. And even though it looks dark sometimes, and even though it looks difficult, even though it looks impossible, and even though things seem to be getting worse and not better, the Lord is with us, and He will do great and marvelous things. The title of our message today is, What Happens When Things Get Worse? Well, what happens is, is God works better, and He does great things. When human effort fails, when there is no hope left, the Lord is our hope. He's the God of hope, and He is with us. Today we're going to look at the story of Jairus from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 5 in verses 21 to 24 and Mark 5, 35 to 43. Here the Lord Jesus is, is with His disciples and a great crowd of people and it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to Him and He was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said, Talitha kumi, which translated is, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age, and they were overcome with great excitement. And verse 43, But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given her to eat. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. The three things we're going to look at this morning is, number one, God's miracles are are far greater, and they're better. Secondly, God's answers are more appreciated, 
And number three, God's glory is magnified to a higher level. You know, Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue and he held a very prominent position. And he did all the right things. He came to the right person. He came to Jesus for healing. He didn't go elsewhere. And this girl, his daughter, 12-year-old daughter, was critically ill and near the point of death. But he didn't let anything stop him from getting to Jesus. You know, I've read this story dozens and dozens of times over the years. And I've passed right by it. And I had never really thought before what this really cost in terms of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. Think about this. The Jews were against Jesus. The leaders, the leadership, the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of them, they were against Jesus. So to go to Jesus like this for help would be very frowned upon by them and could be very costly to him. He could lose his position as a ruler in the synagogue. Yes, it was very costly. Remember when Nicodemus came to the Lord Jesus to talk to him, he came by night under the cover of darkness. And many believe that that's why he did it, for fear of the, of the Jews. But here, Jairus, he comes out in the broad daylight with all the people around, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of followers of Christ there with Jesus. He didn't care. He loved his daughter so much that he, know, he knew she needed healing and he knew that Jesus could heal. In the Gospel of John, it tells us that the Jews would excommunicate people from the synagogue. And it says they excommunicated the blind man whom Jesus had healed in that chapter. And they went to his parents and his parents didn't want to get involved in the controversy either because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. When they asked, if, is this your son? They said, yes. Uh, how, was he born blind? Yes. How did he come to have his, his sight? And they said, well, he's old enough. You ask him. It says his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. So it was, a, it was a costly thing. And he came and he fell down before the Lord and he pleaded with him earnestly. And it says in Mark 5, and 23, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. He had the faith to believe that Jesus not only could heal his daughter, but would heal his daughter. And Jesus agreed to go with him. And they started off with a throng of people heading to that house where the little girl was sick. In the meantime, we know the story in between. Parenthetically, there was a woman who had an issue of blood or a hemorrhage for 12 years. And it says that she had spent all her money on physicians and had not gotten any better but had grown worse. 
So in her situation too, the situation had become worse. So she knew that if she could just come and touch the hem of his garment, she could be healed. And sure enough, she came up behind the Lord and she reached out her hand and touched his garment. And she was immediately healed of her hemorrhaging. And Jesus stopped right there. He said to his disciples, power has gone out from me. And then she came out and she told him the whole truth of the story of what she'd been through and what happened to her and how now she was healed. And the Lord Jesus says to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. But this all took time. It took time. And now in the 35th verse of the chapter, we see that bad news has come from the house where the little daughter was. It says in Mark 5.35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Jesus, you might as well turn around and go back. Disciples, go back. Huge multitude following the Lord go back. There's no need to go anymore. But immediately upon hearing this, the Lord Jesus, the God of hope, speaks to this ruler of the, of the synagogue. And it said, he said to the ruler of the synagogue in verse 36, do not be afraid, only believe. Was Jesus too late? No. Jesus is never too late. He's always right on time. He just wants us to have the faith to believe and not to be afraid, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said. I fear no evil, for thou art with me. We're so thankful that even when the doctors give up hope and say there's no more hope for that person, even when somebody dies, as in the case here, there is hope from the Lord. So, when things get worse, God's miracles are far greater. They get far better when we trust the Lord. He's able to do things where man is helpless. Secondly, God's answers are more appreciated. You know, the longer you have to wait on the Lord for something, the more you appreciate the answer when it comes. It may be days, it may be weeks, it may be months, it could even be years, we wait upon the Lord for His answer. We should never give up on the brink of our miracle. And in verse 36, he said to Jairus, Do not be afraid, only believe. What words of encouragement, what words of assurance, what words of comfort and con confidence that the Lord gives to him. Dr. H.A. Ironside in his commentary on the Gospel of Mark said, What comforting words were these at such a time? Who but he, who is the Lord of life, could or would have uttered them when all hope seemed gone and death had intervened already? When we are at the end of our natural resources, the same blessed words come home to our hearts to give us peace and confidence today. 
Yes, St. Augustine made this comment. He said, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that thou mayest believe, but believe that thou mayest understand. When God gives a person faith, a man or a woman or a child, and we cling to that faith, not in faith itself, but in the Lord, who has all power and all love and all grace and mercy, when we cling to that, it gives us such hope and confidence. The man who had a son who was demon-possessed and he came to the disciples and they couldn't heal him and Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter and James and John and they came down and there was a huge commotion and the Lord uh, answered that prayer and, and did a miracle for this man. But the man asked the Lord, or said to the Lord, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, he, tells, he asks him, if you can do anything, please help us. And Jesus answered, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I think this man was one of the most honest men in all of the scriptures because he acknowledged, he said, I have the faith, I do believe, but help my unbelief. My little child is demon-possessed and your disciples weren't able to do anything, but Jesus, if you can do anything, please help us. And the Lord healed that son as well. So when Jesus went to the house of Jairus, taking along with him Peter and James and John, he found a very chaotic scene there. There were, there were mourners there weeping and wailing and Commentators tell us that these, these mourners were like professional mourners. They came in, they didn't really have any skin in the game, as it were. They weren't related to the person or anything, but they would come in and they would weep uh, for the person who had died, and that's what they were doing. And they, they said, and Jesus said, she's not dead, she's asleep. And they ridiculed Jesus. Can you imagine ridiculing the Son of God? Sleep in the New Testament is a metaphor for death, and she had died. There are some Bible scholars who believe that she was in what might be called a sleep coma, but I don't believe that. I believe from the wording of the Scriptures that the Holy Spirit uses in this portion and in the other Gospel accounts of the same story, that she was dead. And Jesus raised her from the dead. It says in Mark 5:41, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi, which is little girl, I say to you, arise. What a glorious miracle. What a wonderful scene. And how appreciative this man Jairus was that Jesus had done this miracle for him. His faith was rewarded in a big way. And it says in verse 42, immediately the girl rose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were in great amazement. You know, this account in, in Luke is the same account, and in Luke 8, 40, 55 it says, then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and, and he commanded that she be given something 
to eat. Now, if she wasn't dead, the Holy Spirit would not have used this terminology that her spirit returned. Because the spirit doesn't leave the body until death. So her spirit had left the body. She had died, but her spirit returned and she arose immediately. What a great answer to prayer. What a great miracle. What a great blessing it was. And then our final point today is that God's glory is magnified to a higher level. It's one thing when Jesus heals somebody who is sick. Great miracle, great blessing. But it's even to a higher level when he then raises that person from the dead. And that's what he did here for this little girl. And he also did the same thing for Lazarus. And Lazarus was sick and his sister sent word to Jesus who was away at that time and, he, and said to him, the one whom you love is sick. Jesus purposely stayed away for two or three more days to allow Lazarus to die, knowing that he was going to do a greater miracle that was going to bring more glory to the Lord when he raised him from the dead. And that's exactly what he did with Lazarus. And it says in Scripture that both Mary and Martha, when they met Jesus coming back after Lazarus had died, he'd been four days in the, in the grave, and both of them says, Lord, if you'd had been here, my brother would not have died. Both of them said the same thing. And that's true. That is very true. But Jesus had a reason for it. He had a purpose for it. And he was going to glorify God to the maximum through this incident. He told Martha in John eleven forty, Did not I say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? We have to believe first, and then God will show us the answer. He will show us the miracle. He will show us His glory. And what a blessing it is. And you know, Jesus found faith in some pretty unlikely places in the Gospels. There was the Syrophoenician woman who was a Gentile, and, and she found faith, and she found healing. There was the woman at the well of Samaria, another unlikely person. The Roman centurion whose servant was healed, he found faith with that man. And here in our passage, Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. They all met Jesus. Their lives were changed. They were touched. And what a blessing it was. And what a blessing it is for us. And if there's anyone under the sound of the word this morning that has not received the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today is the day to do that. He can touch your life. He can change your life. He can forgive all your sins. He can give you eternal life. He can give you a hope and peace beyond this world and the joy of the Lord. There are so many blessings attached to salvation. All we have to do is come and confess our sins, repent of those sins, turn around and go toward the Lord and ask Him to forgive us and He will forgive us and He will change our lives. Jesus died in our place on the cross to save us and to give us a new life. Yes, do not be afraid, only 
believe. There was a man named Gregory of Nancyansis who wrote of Jesus in A.D. 381. Can you imagine how long ago that was? A.D. 381. And he wrote these words about Jesus. He began his ministry by being hungry, yet he is the bread of life. Jesus ended his earthly ministry by being thirsty, yet he is the living water. Jesus was weary, yet he is our rest. Jesus paid tribute, yet he is the king. Jesus was accursed, excuse me, accused of having a demon, yet he cast out demons. Jesus wept, yet he wipes away our tears. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, yet he redeemed the world. Jesus was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he is the good shepherd. Jesus died, yet by his death, he destroyed the power of death. So let us be encouraged today that there are times in our lives where things are going to be dark. They're going to be bleak. They're going to be hopeless. They're going to be impossible. And people are going to tell us, it's not going to happen for you. The devil's going to whisper in your ear, God doesn't care about you. He's not going to do that for you. We just have to Trust in those words that Jesus said to Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. Do not be afraid, only believe. Yes, we have to cling to the promises of God. We have to claim them as our own. And when things get worse, we can know that God's miracles will get better and get greater. When all else fails, Jesus never fails. I love that hymn that says, Jesus never fails, Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. Yes, when we wait for God's answers and they come, we're so thankful. They're worth the wait and worth the miracle. And God's glory is magnified when all human hope is lost. He is the God of hope, and He will see us through. There is light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic. But more than that, there's light right now for us to believe and to follow Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, to trust Him every day, to commit ourselves to doing His will and serving Him. May the Lord encourage us from this word today, from these scriptures that we have read. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We can truly say with the songwriter, there is none like you. No one else can do the things that you do. We're just so thankful, Lord, that you alone have the power to help us, to heal us, and to give us everything that we need. We just pray you'll bless us the rest of this day. Give us a wonderful Lord's Day, Lord. We pray that soon we can be back meeting together again for fellowship, for breaking of bread, for prayer, for the Word of God. And we just pray that you will see us through this pandemic, this crisis, health crisis, 
and we pray that everyone will be able to get vaccinated and the whole country will be back to normal, Lord. But we just want to leave it in your hands and pray you'll help us to continue to trust you. We pray in Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen.